like them or not, and I think we like them around here, right? But even for the detractors out there, they can't deny it. The people who know politics know that President Trump is on fire. He is doing spectacularly well against really impossible obstacles, seemingly impossible, but not for him. The latest in the polls, number one, in their wildest dreams, could they ever have envisioned this with their indictment scheme, right? One indictment, two indictment, three, four dominating the Republican side and the general election campaign hasn't really started and that he's beating Biden. Yeah, not by a lot. But when you consider the entire media establishment, cultural establishment, legal establishment against him and he's performing like this, why? Now, why is he doing so well? He's Trump, number one. But number two, he is practiced and ready. He has been performing at a very high level in the 2016 cycle, in the 2020 cycle, and now in 2024. Media interviews, friendly interviews, hostile interviews, going to CNN, town halls, all that kind of stuff. You know, you sharpen yourself when you get tested, and he's tested a lot. Uh, let's see, in the rallies, out there all the time, meeting with the people, seeing them, seeing them react, seeing what's on their mind, gauging, testing, it all works. And this doesn't get enough attention. His staff, Jason Miller, his senior, I think he's the actual campaign chief. In 2024, he's there. In 2020, it was the same guy, Jason Miller, all the way back to 2016. It's not only him, but a lot of other people have been around the entire time. He knows them. He trusts them. They have also gotten better. They have, you know, you screw up initially and then you realize, okay, we're not going to do that again. They have gotten better and better and better. Joe Biden, number one, he's never really been tested as far as, well, in recent history, he hasn't been tested. The 2020 campaign, safe in the basement, can't go outside or else you'll spread COVID and all that stuff, right? The silly circles. And who's on his team? I bet you Joe doesn't know the name of his own campaign manager. It's somebody named Julie Chavez Rodriguez, okay? Where was she four years ago? She was a political director for the Kamala Harris campaign. Not, the, not when she was running for vice president, when she was running for president. You know, the campaign that got zero percent, zero, and had to drop out pretty much in political disgrace. I mean, also the issues. I mean, the issues, Donald Trump is on the right side of these issues. And even I think Democrats secretly know that. The border, who can be for what's happening down there, right? Who really, what reasonable person, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, could be for this scene in schools, right? I call this monsters, monsters showing up to hang around children. Drags time story hour. That is a key component of the trans agenda. For whatever reason, they really like this. And I suspect their reasons and I don't like them at all. And losing in Afghanistan, you know, Americans remember this. We lost. It didn't have to end that way. So this is why I believe Donald Trump is doing well, because the current administration is doing poorly. And again, he's getting out there and confronting the fake news every day. They think they can shut him down. They can't. It often goes something like this. I'm leading him by 60 points. Mr. President. And you say, why are they doing it? But here's what they did. They saw this happening. 
And he went to the Attorney General of the United States and he told him, indict Trump. There's just no evidence of that, oh, Mr. Why? President. Because you mean he's but let's, let's stay Look on at track. all the lies want, he's Mr. told. Mr. President, I want to talk Kristen, about wait a minute. Wait, wait. Could I say one thing? Look at all the lies he's told over the last couple of weeks. He said he was at the World Trade Center and he wasn't. He said he flew airplanes, right? He didn't. He said he drove trucks. And he didn't. Everything he says is like a lie. It's terrible. Mr. President, I'm even gonna, his handicapping wealth. He stay, said he's a six. He's not a six. I want to stay focused on you okay. for the purposes of this interview. OK. So we're going to talk about this for a bit. Uh, that's Kristen Welker, her debut episode hosting uh, Meet the Press. And they love Meet the Press. They think it's a prestigious program. It's not. It's a total disgrace. You see how she shut him down there, right? Don't talk about Joe Biden. Don't talk about, we got to make this about you, not Joe Biden, not Joe Biden. And he's scoring points whenever he brings up Joe Biden. This is one of the reasons why they hired her. I don't know if she's a chump by nature or maybe she's clever in going along with it, but this is what she does. When Donald Trump brings up the opposition and their misdeeds, which you're allowed to do when you're campaigning for public office, she does what you just saw. And she did it at the debate. Let me ask some follow me. Please respond, if and then we're going to have follow-up. If this stuff is true questions. about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq, if this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. from hell. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. The issue of race is something that in our cynical, perverted culture is an issue that seems to work for Democrats because they have exploited it. Look at that, huh? You can't talk about Joe Biden. Why not? This is a debate. He's right there. This is what she does. This is what most of the fake news does. And then every time they interview Donald Trump for a couple of minutes, they take a break to fact check him. All right. It goes like this. You know what he was afraid of? He was afraid of being impeached. He was petrified to be impeached. And he's, how do you not get impeached? Don't do anything. Now, as you just heard, former President Trump referred to the federal indictments against him as Biden indictments. The indictments have been charged by a special counsel. And according to the White House, President Biden has not spoken to the attorney general about them. And the White House found out about them from news reports. According to the White House, according to the why would the White House ever lie? What? What? You shouldn't have. Just let him speak because you're wrong. She's absolutely wrong. There is evidence that Joe Biden wanted Donald Trump prosecuted and made it known. In a New York Times article uh, late last year, he was venting his frustration. Garland faces growing pressure on January 6th. All right. And in the story, it reads as this, as recently as late last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. This was in The New York Times. Who reads The New York Times? Everybody in the swamp, including Merrick Garland, the attorney general. That's how they communicate sometimes, right? Through leaks, authorized leaks. That's the way it works. And then you don't actually just have to read between the lines in the New York Times. You can listen to Joe Biden say it out loud. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution does not become the next president again. 
See, he didn't say we're going to beat him in the election. He went into this, we're going to demonstrate through the legitimate uh, methods of the Constitution that he will not be president again. What does that mean? That means they're scheming. That means they're they knew about these indictments back then. They knew that this is going in that direction. We'll beat him at the election. No, we're going to under the legitimate efforts of the constant. This is how you know it's not legitimate. All right, next up, abortion in the Meet the Press interview. Again, they're, they're very proud of this. They shouldn't be. He did great. They were disgraceful. Check it out. Nobody wants to see five, six, seven, eight, nine months. Nobody wants to see abortions when you have a baby in the womb. I said with Hillary Clinton when we had the debate, I made a statement, rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month. You're allowed to do that, and you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Again, no and, one and is again, arguing listen, for that. That's look, not a part of anyone's look, platform, Mr. President. The Democrats are able to kill the baby after birth. Let me talk to you. Nobody wants that. That Democrats don't want that. So Maybe she should join the Democrat committee, be the DNC spokesperson, and you can spin all you want. This is not journalism. She's wrong. Governor Northam, former governor of New Virginia, famously said that a baby could be killed after birth. After birth. He said it. Also, seven states actually do allow late-term abortions. No limit whatsoever on abortion. Democrats aren't in favor of this. Actually, go ask a Democrat. Try to get a straight answer about what they would actually impose as a limit. They don't talk about that. How do you define, because up, up till now, my understanding is there wasn't a limit on when in a pregnancy, a woman could receive an abortion. Have you set any limit? There are no limits. Look, abortion is a very personal decision that belongs between a woman and her doctor. The government and politicians don't belong in that decision. What is it that you believe? I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Which We're was, not trying to do something new. Do you think there should be any limitation on abortions? Uh, no, I do not. None, day of birth, totally fine? Uh, no, I do not think. I think women should have a right to choose. See? All right. So after they get back to uh, fake news headquarters, they're like, hmm, Trump probably has a point on this. How do we get around this? This is what they came up with. This was their fact check. One important fact check we do want to highlight, abortions later in pregnancy are exceedingly rare. All right, exceedingly rare. Well, we looked it up. How many babies, late-term abortions are? 6,200 a year. You know, that's twice the number of people who were lost on 9-11. Exceedingly rare. That is an awful lot, isn't it? We care about them. These people are immersing themselves in the conversation. They can be journalists, they can facilitate a conversation, or they can participate, become a candidate. Become a candidate. That's what she should do. That's what they should all do. This new show, this is the fake news masterpiece, right? This is the gold standard. And, and oh, by the way, I felt like I was on an amusement park ride. I mean, literally, look at this. Oh, zoom in, out. Ooh, we're going to make this show so much more interesting than when Chuck Todd was on it by doing this. Ooh, in and out. And they're very sensitive to criticism from the left, right? I mean, they are in fear of it. So they say a lot of this stuff.
I want to start off just by getting your takeaways of what we just witnessed. And Peter, I want to start with you. What's your big takeaway? Yeah, I was struck by how defiant he is. Defiant of you, defiant of the system, defiant of facts, right? He's just a bulldozer shoveling falsehoods and lies throughout your interview. And you're, you're fact-checking him all along the way. But he is creating a different reality that has been uh, successful for him so far in, 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 in leading the Republican nomination fight. Why? Because MAG is stupid. We believe lies. This guy is lying. There were not falsehoods, lies. This kind of dangerous. What's his name? Peter Baker for The New York Times. To come out there and just declare that everything you saw was manufactured. They're manufacturing it. His own newspaper, I cited it earlier, reported that Joe Biden was venting to the uh, people on his staff and word got back to Merrick Garland that he was frustrated that there was no prosecution. That means Joe Biden's fingerprints are all over this prosecution. These people should stop pretending they are journalists and become partisans. Be, run for office, okay? Do something. Get an opinion show. Try out for Rachel Maddow's position. She's okay. She's obvious about it. Next. I spoke. I made a very nice speech. Tell me how you watched this all unfold. Were you in the dining room watching TV? I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell people later at a, an appropriate time. Just so you understand, however. What did you and do I when the Capitol was under attack, though? Let me Mr. just tell you. In the moment that the Capitol was Did you was see under the attack? statements I made in the Oval Office and just outside of the Oval Office? Absolutely. Go I was home. there that day. Our police are great. We love our police. We love everybody. Go home. That was, this was that a was beautiful more, That statement. was at 4 o'clock well, in the afternoon, more than I, I don't know. three but hours the, after the attack started. But there were tweets started, that were put out President. before that. Uh, there were tweets that were put out even before 3 o'clock. He's tweeting, be peaceful. He's tweeting, be uh, supportive of police. And he's saying out loud, go home. Now, the thing that she's pressing him on, though, is did you call anybody? Did you call the police? Did you call the military? This is evidence, further evidence of a scam and maybe even something akin to a coup. It doesn't work that way. The president is not some security guard who watches television and says, I think there's a problem. Should we send the police? I think there's a problem. Decisions reach the president. OK, Mark Milley, you're going to see him here. You're going to see a lawyer. The questions really should be, did you call the president? No, they want to know if they received a call from the president. But did you call the president? They don't ask him that. Watch this. Are you aware of any phone call by the president of the United States to the secretary of defense that day? Not that I'm aware of, no. Are you aware of any phone call by the president of the United States to the attorney general of the United States that day? No. Yeah. Hey, the commander in chief. We got an assault going on on the capital of the United States of America. And there's nothing. No call, nothing, zero. You're the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You are the senior military advisor to the president. No phone call from you? Nothing from you? This is mutiny, folks. This is a scheme. This is, this is a bad guy and a bad swamp. One more. The mayor of D.C. gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commissioner I'm talking of about Capitol the day Police, of wait a minute. Yeah. Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January Let's 6th. 
He's right. And that letter exists. I just got this. This is a letter. It's been out there, but uh, from Muriel Bowser to the attorney general to uh, the acting secretary of defense saying they don't want any support, any further support. They already have unarmed National Guard doing logistical support, and they don't want anything else. Uh, this is significant, and it gets ignored. So this is, uh, this is the fake news masterpiece, right? And boy, are they, is she proud of herself. Before we go, I want to take a moment to thank you, our viewers. It is an incredible honor to be sitting in this chair, and I feel the huge responsibility it carries. Get over yourself, all right? It's a Sunday morning talk show. That's it. It's no big deal. You're not curing cancer, okay? You're delivering fake news. Next. I also want to recognize all of the women, all of the people of color who've been pathfinders to make this moment possible. Yes, the race card and the woman card. Ooh, being played big time. It gets worse. When my colleague Andrea Mitchell applied for her first job at a news radio station in Philadelphia in 1967, she was told the newsroom was no place for a woman. Well, she talked them into hiring her for the overnight shift. I'm here because she and other fearless women never stopped fighting for their places in the newsroom. Ooh, now it's getting nauseating, all right? And I already saw the... We all saw the Mary Tyler Moore show, okay? We know what it was like back then. It's a different era now. One more. I also stand on the shoulders of the first moderator and co-founder of this broadcast, Martha Roundtree, who had the courage to launch this program back in 1947. What? How about the first host? So I guess the glass ceiling wasn't broken, right? She was the first host at the longest running TV show in history. And she was a woman. And you know what? Good for Martha. She didn't make a big deal out of her gender. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. It didn't matter back then. We'll be right back. So this man out for a bike ride wearing the red T-shirt... He's about to get run over. He's about to get murdered. This happened in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, and this video has just now come to light. It's uh, taken by one of the kids in the car. These are, I think, 17-year-olds. At least one has been charged with murder. That man killed in cold blood. The kids in the car, they're giggling, they're laughing. One of them says about that man, we're going to get his ass. It's absolutely horrible, depraved, inhuman behavior. The man killed, 64-year-old uh, Andreas Props. He's a retired California police chief, leaves behind a wife, kids, and, you know, just not being mentioned, in part because it's not the preferred racial narrative, perhaps, because his killers happen to be, happen to be black, and he happens to be white, and I don't know for what reason, but somehow... That doesn't make the news, right? Uh, it's really strange. I have a few theories. I'll get to that in a moment. Something else happened that was totally awful. Ryan um, Klinkenbrumer, you heard about this? The 30-year-old sheriff's deputy shot and killed by, we believe, this man, Kevin Catanio Salazar, 29 years old. The police got him. This looks like it was 
an assassination attempt. I'm going to keep my eye on this one. I want to know if the fake news narrative that somehow police are systemically racist, right? You've heard that. Maybe for three years you've heard that again and again and again. And did a maniac like this act on that information? We will see. It's just an accusation at this point. I also saw this very disturbing video of a store clerk getting savagely beaten as they steal from this um, establishment. And they're laughing as they beat her. Fascinatingly, these things don't get much attention. Um, do we have any reason why it wouldn't? I mean, that fight in Montgomery a while back, remember, that was a bad fight. Nobody was killed. But we had a national conversation about it for about a week, remember? Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed is calling for justice to be served for attacking a man who was doing his job. The dock worker in Alabama attacked while doing his job. To see these people, this man doing his job, being assaulted. The woman in that store was doing her job as well, but no sympathy, no attention. What's going on here, right? Uh, I don't think regular people, no matter what they look like, no matter what their racial identity is, think like this. But the elites do. The elite media, I mean, for whatever reason, they are comfortable talking about black victims and white assailants. But uh, that's the only thing they really feel comfortable with, like this. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer. The suspect is believed to be 18 to 20, a white male. Police identified the alleged shooter as a 15-year-old white male. The suspect in custody is white. Police say a 28-year-old white male carrying two handguns crashed a stolen truck into a building. It's humanizing the shooter once again. Yeah, and well. can I point out that the shooter is a white man who is alive after they knew that he had killed eight people. Wow, huh? Really emphasizing the whiteness of all these crazy people who did horrible things. Why would they do that and not the other way around? Well, um, they're exploiting this, right, for power and money. And uh, somehow they've set up society. If you say the wrong thing, whoever you are about a person of color, you are doomed very much so. Hey, why didn't Waukesha, Wisconsin get more attention? Does anybody even remember it when this maniac took to the wheel and and ran over people at a beautiful Christmas parade, killed a young child, a number of people. I mean, my gosh. And this was racially motivated, but never a whisper about that. No, no, no. Yet Charlottesville, which is horrible in and of itself, but one person was killed. This became the centerpiece of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. America's having, I've said it before, a ludicrous and silly conversation about race to avoid having a serious and uncomfortable one, which brings me to Rolling Stone magazine. Rolling Stone, I used to read it a little bit here and there. I have no problem with Rolling Stone for the most part. They screw up every now and then, but a lot of media organizations screw up. It was started by Jan Wenner uh, all the way back in the late 1960s, I believe. He's uh, still around. He's 77 years old. Uh, still working in charge of a bit of a media empire. And he came out with a new book. It's called The Masters, 
the masters of rock and roll. And in his opinion, that's Bono, Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, Pete Townsend of The Who, right? Uh, he conducted interviews with these guys. He calls them the masters of rock and roll. But you see the problem here? What could be the problem? I don't have a problem. I don't think any normal person would have a problem. But they're all white and they're all men. And that's a problem, all right? That, that was the beginning. Got people mad. He's been kicked off the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which he helped establish in the first place. Now, it wasn't just that he chose all uh, men and that they're all white. He did not speak perfectly about his selection and what went into it. Or maybe he spoke too honestly. I don't know. But is this something you should get canceled over? Here he is talking to the New York Times. This is what got him off, got him kicked off that Hall of Fame board. It's not that they're inarticulate, although go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janice. Please be my guest. You know, Joni was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet that test. Black artists, I mean, you know, Stevie Wonder, incredibly genius. You know, they're genius, right? These are genius artists. <clears throat> I mean, I suppose when you use a word as broad as the masters, the fault is using that word, you know, but... Maybe Marvin Gaye. You just, I could cut Curtis Mayfield or, I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. Just for public relations sake, maybe I should have gone and found uh, one black and one woman artist to include here. They didn't measure up to that same historical standards just to, to avert this kind of criticism. Well, that's what a lot of corporate America does, you know, just, yeah, more black people, more, more people, more women, more whatever it takes to satisfy the woke mob, even if this guy believes that. Anyway, it's really unfortunate. He's saying specific people, not a class of people, uh, are not, were not articulate enough. It's fascinating. You can get in trouble these days for saying the wrong person is articulate. That's considered another kind of slur. This is an insane society. And the reporter does the easiest thing in the world, trying to use a new standard of speaking, right? New standards against an older gentleman. Don't you think it's actually more to do with your own interests as a fan and a listener than oh, anything that, particular yeah, I, to the artists that you're talking to? I think the problem is when you start saying things like they or, you know, these artists can't. Really, it's a reflection of what you're interested in more than any ability or inability on the part of these artists, isn't it? That was my number one thing. The selection was intuitive. It was what I was interested in. Yeah, absolutely. And still, who would you have me interview today you think could articulate the philosophy of rock and these times in that way. All right. He's totally on solid ground here. He's allowed, but the reporter's playing a game. He knows, oh, I got him saying he's not being totally politically correct. And here he is. Okay, good for you. It's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, I notice he happens to be white. White liberals are the worst at this. Um, coming around, applying these new woke standards, especially against people who are a bit older, right? Because they're not totally hit with the latest, with the rules. So much easier to destroy than create. And unfortunately, this guy, Wenner, even his family is apologizing now. I'll be right back with that. He loves the Constitution. He fights for what's right. He hates the bad guys. He's a freedom warrior. He's your freedom warrior. Watch Carl Higby every weekday on Newsmax. Hey guys, it's Carson. Proud to introduce a new podcast sponsor, Vault US Gold. 
Vault U.S. Gold is a new breed of gold dealer. They've been in the industry for years, and they hate the questionable sales tricks and tactics some dealers use. Vault U.S. Gold was created to offer fair and honest deals to their customers. What makes them different? Well, first, they don't pay their salespeople commissions so they can focus on helping you, not lining their own pockets. Second, your needs are a priority. They ask you about your preferences, tolerance for risk, and ultimate goals. They create a custom written proposal that details exactly what you are buying and the current price. Few dealers are that transparent because they don't want you to see their huge markups. And if you're thinking about adding gold to your IRA account, this is the right team. They're specialists in gold IRAs. Give Vault U.S. Gold a call at 833-511-4653. That's 833-511-4653. Mention you heard about them on my show for a free gift. Or visit them online at www.vaultusgold.com. That's vaultusgold.com. Yeah, even the kid has to apologize, right? Oh, I, I, I'm so sorry about everything. This is Gus. I don't know if he has to do this or he wants to do this. Maybe he really believes it. While I love him deeply, I do not agree with the comments he made and understand why they are so upsetting and hurtful. Yikes. I want to be clear. His statements, as reported, do not represent my beliefs or the values, practices, and mission of Rolling Stone. My gosh, you can't say specific individuals. It's crazy, right? And he had to apologize, whatever. This is our woke world, and everybody's doing it. Not just these crazy liberal people at the New York Times enforcing it on those guys, but the military, of course. Is is the U.S. military too woke? No, not at all. Um, So, um, you know, I'm not even sure what that word truly means, but um, I I would tell you that the military I see uh, is a military that's exceptionally strong, it's powerful, it's ready. Uh, Wrong. We just lost a war in large part thanks to this guy right here. And the January 6th fiasco, I believe he had a big hand in that, not calling the president, right? All that stuff. Um, Here's what woke is. You don't know what woke is for real? Take a look. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. All right. That kind of conspicuous virtue signaling, that goes to the heart of woke general. And uh, you can study this to your heart's content because he's about to retire from the military for good. And that's awfully good. And I'll be right back. President Trump on Meet the Press, that was horrible even for the fake news. I mean, we expect them to be fake, but we could see them lying about what President Trump said in in real time. They have disgraced themselves, really, over the past couple of years, uh, and longer than that, quite frankly, but I thought it was special, <laughs> special yesterday. I mean, really, really bad. Uh, for this and many more matters, Rick Grinnell joins us, senior national security analyst here at Newsmax, former acting director of national intelligence and former U.S. ambassador to Germany and close advisor to President Trump. Welcome back, Rick. Greg, it's always great to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Did you see that program? And I was astonished. And I don't know, it seemed like a singular violation of any modicum of trust. 
Yeah, look, you know, all we heard in the lead up from all of the groupthink in Washington, D.C., from the newsrooms was that Kristen Welker is amazing. Congratulations, Kristen Welker. Kristen Welker is going to be the best. I'm going to meet the press. And you saw literally right after the show aired all of the liberals melting down by saying she didn't fact check him enough. He lied and she sat there. And they went from like praising him because I guess the memo went out to, that, that said everyone who is a cool kid is supposed to praise Kristen Welker. And then now they're trashing her. Um, I think President Trump has demonstrated whether it's CNN or uh, NBC, he can go up against anyone. And he comes out uh, very strong, very polite, but very strong, and they all look weak. Uh, I don't know if there's a reporter in, a, in the world that can go up against him and somehow come out, you know, looking like they got him. I mean, he, he was communicating things to that NBC Meet the Press audience that I'm sure that they've never heard before. So, and that's the thing, though, like, not many people saw the show comparatively speaking, but a lot of people will hear lies about the show. And if you're not following this stuff closely, you know, wow, did Trump really lie again about all that stuff? And uh, we know better, but, and I respect them. They're just not paying a close attention. How does Trump, how do you guys counteract that? Because there is so much fake noise around Trump generated by the fake news. Yeah, well, I think you kind of touched on it there in your question, which is not a lot of people are listening to the regular network news anymore. I mean, you look at their numbers and they're really bad. One of the reasons they kicked Donald Trump off Twitter was because he was going around them. He was going around the New York Times editors and the newsrooms that, you know, traditionally, you, you know, have controlled the message. Usually conservatives have had to sit in front of reporters and, and give our spin and then hold our breath until they print the story the next day or it comes out. Look, I, I think President Trump should do more live uh, so that they can't edit him out. Uh, I think that's one of the lessons here. But uh, to answer your question, I think the long answer is, is we've just got to keep going straight to the American people, not rely on that uh, filter, so to speak, that the media loves to, to use. And that means social media, and that means getting the message out in every possible way. If you're listening to this broadcast, I think uh, clip it. Uh, put it out on your own social media, talk about it. But we all have a role to play, and I think everybody's got to get a lot more aggressive. I love it. Um, hey, <laughs> Donald Trump said this about our least favorite prosecutor in the universe, and uh, they don't want him saying it. They actually want this to be illegal. Check it out. It's a fake charge by this deranged lunatic uh, prosecutor who lost in the Supreme Court nine to nothing, and he tried to destroy lots of lives. Uh, he's a lunatic. Talking about Jack Smith, and uh, we touched on this, but I want to show him in his purple tunic again. Give us some insight into this fellow who you had to, I mean, you, you actually negotiated something that would have affected him directly, and they try to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah, well, I, I was negotiating an agreement that would have gotten rid of his job, and he knew that, and he acted quickly. Uh, look, he, he spent a lot of time at The Hague, the international court, and, and that's a body that does not follow the judicial rules that the United States follows. They don't have uh, the protections like the Constitution. For instance, Jack Smith put uh, a guy in prison who was the president of Kosovo, Hashem Thaci. That guy is still in prison three years later. Uh, the charges are completely made up. If, if you know, President Trump needs to realize 
that when he calls Jack Smith a lunatic, that there are a whole bunch of people in Eastern Europe who totally agree with him, who've watched Jack Smith do incredibly dumb things at the, at the Hague. He's gotten away with it, but you know our media here, Greg, they're totally disinterested in the real Jack Smith. They should look into the real Jack Smith and see why Europeans are really frightened of this guy. This is an American who was living in Europe following the Hague rules, and what I say is, is we're not bringing those crazy Hague rules to America. We have a constitution, and you don't get to silence people, and you don't get to put people in jail for years on end while you're trying to figure things out. Totally. They said, oh, the Hague, that sounds impressive, and they just moved on. I only have a few seconds left. Tony Blinken today, I mean, I'm sorry, he looks like he's afraid someone's going to beat him up after lunch. Roll the video. There's this worried kind of countenance to him that he has pretty much all the time. It's timid and weak, in my opinion. Um, is there something on this guy's mind, or is, is this the way he always is? You know, I think you hit it on the head, timid and weak. That's what Democrats think of diplomacy. They want culinary diplomacy. They want the art and embassies program, all this, like, soft stuff. They don't think of diplomats as being tough, where in the Trump administration, we had very tough diplomats who avoid war. If you want to avoid war, you better have uh, an SOB sitting across the table trying to negotiate a peaceful settlement. Yeah, I know. It works. It works. This guy can't hack it. Many thanks. Rick Rennell. Thanks, Greg. You bet. And we'll be right back. All right. So apparently this is the clean and sober Hunter Biden. Uh, looks a little rough. I hope he's I hope he's sober. I hope he's clean. Um, he's in trouble. He should be in a lot more trouble so far. Just these gun charges. Uh, he likes guns. Hey, I like guns, but this apparently is the last man who should have a gun with his kinds of problems. Anyway, uh, they're trying to say this whole gun case against him just might be a violation of the Second Amendment. Here's Hunter's high powered lawyer. Abby Lowell. But are you maintaining that your client is actually innocent of the charges? Well, innocent has three legs to it, doesn't it? First, as to the political pressure, I want to make sure everybody understands that after five years of an investigation, that the prosecutors knew all the facts, and the only change that has occurred between when they investigated and today is that the law changed. But the law didn't change in favor of a prosecution. The law changed against it because a couple of federal courts have found this gun charge to be unconstitutional. So first, there's an agreement in place where this charge should have been brought. Second, this statute is likely unconstitutional. And third, on the facts, we think we'll have a defense. Huh. All right. So, uh, as you know, he's in trouble. But I want to bring in an even higher powered lawyer than Abby Lowell. Uh, his name is Alan Dershowitz. Professor Alan Dershowitz, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm good, but I think Abby is a very high-powered lawyer and a very good lawyer, and the government's going to have a problem because he's going to fight back. Yeah, sure. Any lawyer is going to fight back. And, uh, you know, this is probably the least of his troubles, the gun thing, the other stuff that he hasn't been charged with. But does he have a point about the Second Amendment? I believe in the Second Amendment. Is that statute in violation of the Second Amendment? Well, there are three charges. One of them may very well be in violation of the Second Amendment, possession of a gun, while being addicted, there are at least uh, one circuit court that suggested 
um, maybe that would be unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court's most recent decision talked about tradition and history, but still lying on a form, um, the Second Amendment, I don't think would protect them against that, although we'll obviously make the argument that there's a spillover from the unconstitutionality. But isn't that ironic that liberal Democrats are now invoking the Second Amendment? Uh, President Biden very much criticized the, the decision of the Supreme Court, which broadened the Second Amendment, the very broadening that I think his son is going to have to rely on now. Totally ironic, maybe even hypocritical. Uh, Hunter Biden, through his lawyer, Abby Lowell, they have sent some pretty aggressive letters to various federal agencies calling on this person to be investigated, that person to be investigated. And now they want to sue the Internal Revenue Service um, for the unfair, what they say, unfair disclosures. I guess he's within his rights to do that? Well, it's a tactic. It's uh, trying to raise the stakes on both sides, trying to show they won't be pushed around. It won't really help him in his criminal case, but it might create a situation where a new plea bargain might be an acceptable one to the prosecution. That's so, their goal. Gotcha. Overall, it seems to me, and I look, I don't have privy to Jack Smith, but I see the indictments and I see what former federal prosecutors are saying all day long on television, seems like they're bending the law like crazy, turning it into a pretzel to find a way to get Trump. And when it comes to Hunter, follow it, letter of the law, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Giving Hunter every single break there is under the sun. Is that a fair overall summary? Well, I think it is fair to say that we see different levels of uh, concern on, on different sides of the spectrum. And I just think whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you have to demand equal application of the law to everybody, whether it's the president's son or the man running to replace the president. We need to have equal justice. And not only must it need to be done, it must be seen to be done. The public must think, must see correctly that the law is being applied equally. And there are real questions uh, about that. Uh, the original deal in the case uh, which was interpreted, at least by the Hunter Biden team, as ending the investigation, that was a sweetheart deal. It was not a sweetheart deal to give diversion for these gun crimes, because that generally does happen. Yeah. But if it meant ending all investigations, that didn't seem like a fair application of the law. They're certainly not ending all investigations against Donald Trump. Um, here's Joe Biden being... Uh trying to just play off this impeachment inquiry of him as if it's some sort of joke. Take a look. Lots of luck. And where's the money? He makes jokes about this stuff. Look, you defended President Trump from one of those ridiculous impeachments. I think it was the uh, the phone call. From what you know of this stuff, this is not ridiculous. And if they impeached him on that, the stuff that they're looking at on Joe Biden is certainly impeachable, right? Well, the question is whether you can impeach a president for what he was accused of doing when he was vice president. We don't know the answer to that. Uh, the Constitution doesn't say there's no precedent on that. And you can imagine the arguments on, on both sides. But if there's nothing that involves his current presidency, I think it will be an uphill fight. Stand by. We'll see. Professor Dershowitz, always an honor to get to chat with you. Many, many My thanks. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back.
I switched. I switched. I switched. I switched to Newsmax. 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 Have you made the switch? You bet I did. My whole family switched. Millions are switching to Newsmax. You should too. Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you for supporting Newsmax and this show. Please stand by for the Right Squad with Chris Plant and the rest of the gang. I will see you tomorrow.